Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich, how we doing? Oh my gosh, Jordan. It's Monday morning. I feel like I did nothing all weekend except watch football. Now I know what your life is like. <laughs> this was a little bit more leisurely of an experience than I'm generally accustomed to this time of year, actually. I was having a total freaking heart attack in the Tampa Bay press box uh, about this time last year. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you get to, we're, we're going to get to all the Ram stuff here. Do you enjoy watching the games after you don't have to cover them? Or is it kind of like, I, I always think about, you know, people who like cook at a really great restaurant or something. And it's like, do you go back to the restaurant to eat just for leisure? Or like, are you so sick of of the food that you have to go someplace else? Like, can you sit and watch, uh, you know, Cowboys 49ers and like enjoy it for what it is? Or Oh, is yeah, just- absolutely. I mean, I love it because it's like everybody's doing different things and trying different things. And you know how I feel about defense. And I really have enjoyed watching all of these defenses play uh, in the terms of the last four teams that are in it and just the different concepts that they're deploying and kind of like trying to predict what comes next. And um, I also like have quite the setup when I'm watching games. I don't like to be around anyone because this is my time, right? right? I don't like to be like, I'll go to a bar or whatever with friends, but like my preference is to do pretty much the opposite of how I cover a game, which is Mm. to um, kind of be like folded up in blankets on my couch with the dog (laughs) on one side of the couch and like multiple candles going, a glass of wine. Like it is legit like the most because I don't have to do anything. I can just sit there. It sounds like how people people it's watch like The Bachelor. It's like, it's, right? I, I, yeah. And I've never seen an episode of that show in my life. But like, yeah. this is like self-care for me because right. it's like, it's just, it's some it, somehow it's like really soothing. And then the problem is though, it's like, you know, you you go in that mode. Like for me, I should, I like feel like I just should like put my phone away or something because right. I don't want to like, feel like I have to have commentary. Nobody cares what I think about these games. It's fine. But like you're in that mode where you're like, oh, should I be taking notes? Or like, what do I need to be writing? I know. Or like you kind of go into that like crazy thought process because you're sort of um, used to snapping into that mode. It's like uh, Pavlovian at this point. But it's fun. It's fun. It's really nice. I like doing it. I like um, I feel like especially I mean, I haven't gotten to do this in forever. So right. it's like, I don't know if I'll, I don't think I'll have time to get sick of it, frankly, because I think the Rams will be back in it in no time. But yeah, yeah well, well, I'm, I'm glad uh, you, you get a little time at least here. And uh, but yeah, we, we say it every year, right? I mean, the, the wheel never really stops spinning. So here we are in uh, late January and you think, 
well, it's time to relax. There's nothing going to happen, but there's always something False. happening, always something <laughs> happening. And uh, Jordan, a couple things we want to touch on during this uh, podcast. One is, uh, well, we'll go with the second one uh, first, but y- you were able to talk to Les Snead uh, recently. So we'll get into some of his comments, some real interesting stuff there about what the Rams might or might not do with their roster or some of the options. Les is always one of my favorite times of the year was him in that sit down uh, at the end of the season because Except it was for very after when you have to transcribe it. Ooh, that was tough. We used yeah. to split it up. I don't know if you guys split it up. No, but we we would not. like we would draw straws to see uh, who got. Uh, so the real interesting stuff in there. But but probably more immediately, Jordan is and and we knew this is coming. You had hinted at it, strongly hinted at it, um, uh, both on this podcast and in your print work. But the Rams did make some decisions. Um, on some assistant coaches. We knew there was going to be some movement there. We knew there was probably going to be some significant movement there beyond the moves that we already knew were going to take place, uh, such as Liam Cohen uh, going on. So um, some moves there, uh, some names bigger than others, I guess you would say, more impactful, higher profile than others. But Jordan, what were your takeaways from those eight uh, who are moving on, and and what do you think it said about where the Rams were, and where do you th- what do you think it said about where the Rams are going? Yeah, so knew it was coming, but it was a surprise that it leaked the way that it did because the Rams really, I think, are very good about when they do make these types of decisions. Um, basically, springboarding coaches into different opportunities or like keeping it so it's not uh, hitting the news cycle so that it's, um, you know, these guys can kind of move quietly and get into their new opportunities. And so it's more of a clean exit and entrance into their new spaces. And I I would not have any doubt that all of most, if not all of these assistants will get new jobs, but that was a surprise. And then the coaches who were let go um, specifically were offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, um, defensive assistant Skylar Jones and Lance Schulters, um, special teams coordinator, Joe D. Camillus and DB's coach, Jonathan Cooley. And then um, OLB's coach, Thad Bogardis, his contract expires and they're not planning to renew that contract. So um, six coaches, eight departures overall, inclusive to Liam Cohen, who took the job at Kentucky, and then Rashad Samples, who took the job at Arizona State um, a couple of uh, months ago. So eight, eight departures from the total coaching staff overall. And I think that the other big surprise I think if you could start to read some of the body language from Sean towards Jody Camillus, particularly in that game, you could see, I went back and I watched the yeah. broadcast and like, it was gnarly. Yeah. Um, you could see that there was some frustration there, but it was still surprising because Sean, Joe is someone who Sean has leaned on in terms of how much experience he has and sort of um, how much wisdom and general presence he has about like, um, the way that he's managed the ebbs and flows of different things in the past. And um, when the Rams were just atrocious in the middle of this year, you know, Joe was someone who was sort of able to talk Sean through like his own experiences and just basically be sort of in that, in that um, experienced role, like, you know, not a mentor necessarily, but someone who's been through the ringer multiple times and knows kind of what happens on the other side. And, and I think there was some um, surprise in the sense that 
there was so much churn in terms of the players who were supposed to be on special teams, but then were thrust into more right. prominent roles on the offensive and defensive sides because of just just like how injured the Rams were up top that, you know, you're basically dealing with people you meet for the first time every single week, and then you're installing your entire special teams plan. So really the the three consistent, four consistent players who basically were there every single week in and week out were um, uh, uh, Riley Dixon, Matt Gay, Matt Orchek, and Brandon Powell. But, you know, you're not even talking about like the bulk of special teams, which is those coverage units and the protection units and how the contours are supposed to unfold. And not to say the least that they, they promoted Terrell Burgess to a core four special teamer. So like someone who is on track to be a captain there, and then they cut him earlier this year. Um, So this was, this has all been surprising in terms of like, I, I would not, I would not be the first or the last to say that special teams was not up to par of where it needed to be. But I think there was some, surprise based on the circumstances that the Rams were in about, you know, and certainly there was some surprise internally um, from the players about that particular move. Um, And then the other one that was really surprising and uh, shocking even to a couple of people internally that I talked to um, was Jonathan Cooley, Uh, very much a player's coach, um, someone who Sean McVay had blocked from the Minnesota job um, that Kevin O'Connell wanted to bring him in in the same, same, if not similar role. And Sean McVay blocked him after last season and um, then put Chris Shula in place as another DB's coach um, and largely working with like the safeties. And um, Shula had never coached DBs before. And so there was a maturation process between the two and the collaboration and all of that. And then ended up firing Cooley. Um, so that was something that was pretty surprising as well. Um, Cooley was one of the people who helped Brandon Staley install that Fangio system, particularly some of the coverages and and some of those complex things um, back in 2020. So, and he, you know, he's he'd been there um, through that time. So definitely expect those two um, to to find their to find a role. But those two in particular, I think, were the ones who. Um, I know that Twitter and p- fans and people are like surprised about certain other names, but specifically like the the Decamillis and the Cooley um, dismissals were the ones that drew the most surprise internally and in the locker room. Yeah, that that's that's very interesting. Yeah, Cooley, I would I would love to get the <laughs> kind of the story behind that because on the on the face of it, it doesn't. Um... It's definitely surprising. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, DeCamillas, I mean, it was, yeah, I was watching that last game from home and oh my gosh, the, the, it was like the, you know, you could do the little red laser beams that were coming out of uh, uh, Sean's eyes at, at times when you can see him on the sideline. So it wasn't entirely surprising to to see that happen, but I, I totally agree, Jordan, with you, you know, anytime, not just the Rams, but any team, any season, whenever you start to have some type of personnel issues, whether it be injuries or whatever, the first thing that gets impacted is special teams, because that's where those guys come from. They have to come from somewhere and they end up coming up from special teams and playing bigger roles and having more responsibilities and then other guys have to fill in and you have this revolving door and things start to break down and and here you are <laughs> then you're the rams um and so uh certainly would expect you know joe decamillis to to land somewhere and be interesting to see what kind of um you know philosophy that the rams have in in replacing him uh but jordan you also hinted pa- at, i think yeah. the packers inquired uh, you know don't nobody so- cite me on this yeah. but like i think the packers actually inquired before they made their changes 
um, inquired into Joe, uh, which is, which is interesting. Just like there was always this sense and not Joe specifically, but like with other people on staff, like there was always this sense that Sean was going to move on from quite a few assistants, even before he was dealing with, um, you know, his own process of deciding whether or not he was going to come back. Um, there was always a very, very clear and strong sense that that was going to happen. So, um, you know, it's not, there's the moves are surprising in a vacuum in terms of, you know, the, the, um, some of the responsibilities that that people had but it's also i guess some of the making moves of this magnitude in general um is is not as surprising right yeah and i and i think we've you have uh, you know said that over the last couple of weeks is certainly have been primed for uh, for things like like this to happen but but uh, and jordan you did you did mention you know some of the moves that were kind of more publicly surprising and i i think probably at the top of that list would be kevin carberry from from the offensive line everybody knows that uh, the extraordinary number of injuries, the number of players who had to come in, guys coming off the street and becoming starters, basically. So, I mean, what what do you tell people in in that um, situation? I mean, my read on it, I don't think this is a reaction to the injuries or something like that. I mean, what what's kind of your your takeaway here, and and where do you think maybe they they might be thinking with the with the future of that position? Yeah, I think when you uh remove a guy like Andrew Whitworth from that room you start to see where um maybe some of the communication gaps were that he was sort of smoothing over like spackling over like we like to say um just where some of the marks were that they uh that he had, had just by by his presence being there had smoothed over um and, and i think when you then you start to go through that rapid and compounding turnover with all the injuries, those types of, of maybe um, gaps in communication start to grow and you start to, they become even more clear and more exacerbated because of the the sort of um, like spotlight on the situation in general. So, you know, I think that it's, you know, it, it's not anything uh, about any coach as a person or anything like that. Carberry's well-liked throughout the building. Um, but I think that when you're looking at the level of communication that Mc Sean McVeigh was used to at that in that spot specifically, um, and the level of um sort of ground up uh not just communication, but like teaching and all of that, that that Whitworth was also so instrumental in applying, um, then you start to look at, well, maybe they're looking at the at different personality types or different levels of experience. Um, from a new offensive line coach at that position, especially when you don't have Andrew Whitworth and sort of all that he knows and does and all that he brings in terms of connectivity and and keeping that room together and like culture and all that stuff. So I think too, that, you know, brings me to the next point too, Rich is like, you know, now that they've gotten this done essentially and also now that I think they've moved pretty far along in their offensive coordinator search, like, again, to reiterate what I've reported a few times here and then also in print is Mike LaFleur is the front runner for this job. Um, and so if you've sort of established and identified who your front runner there is going to be, you can turn to other things. And so I think the next highest priority is offensive line coach. Um, and there's a lot of decisions to make along the offensive line this upcoming season in terms of young guys. 
And that person has to be very established that probably they're probably looking at veteran coaches. Um, like I said, to sort of fill that communication gap, to fill that leadership gap. And, um, they're, they're, you know, they're probably looking at people who they want to be very insightful and have quite a voice in terms of, um, you know, what, what that room looks like moving forward. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As you were saying there, I remember how Sean used to probably half jokingly call him coach Whitworth. And at the time you kind of thought, Oh, it's he will not be coaching the Rams. I'll say that. Like I know people, yeah. that. I think he's oh, like yeah. I said in my column last week, they need to hire him, but not in that role. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I understand the, uh, the, the draw there, but, uh, but yeah, there, there probably was something to that. I mean, it, obviously it was kind of a, a little joke about his age and, you know, him being older than Sean and all of that. But I mean, there, there was a lot to that, you know, and what, he brought and that cohesion and that communication. Um, so great point, Jordan, that, that it probably uh, perhaps laid laid bare uh, some things that had been, as you said, very well speckled over. I like that phrase uh, by uh, by him being there. So offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think probably the first domino there. And then on the other side of the ball, we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the league right now is in that 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 uh, spin cycle of of interviews and everything. So Raheem Morris obviously still very much in the uh, in the mix there, and and so we'll see what happens. And uh, could very well end up being that they need to find a, a defensive coordinator too, as we talked uh, a little bit. If you missed any of that discussion, you can go back to last week's uh, podcast about uh, who who might uh, fill in there. So uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, very interesting cycle. I'm fascinated to see who they bring in. Uh, the potential experience of of some of these guys. Maybe bringing in some some guys who uh, have been around the league and and, uh, and even you know, around can... the Rams' own building in the past. Yeah, as we <laughs> said, know. yeah, yeah. Again, go back and listen to the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, interesting stuff because it speaks to a lot. I mean, none of this happens in a vacuum, and and, and then that all ties back to our discussions about Sean McVay and and how he might be retooling things to uh, make things a, a better environment for him and for the Rams. So these these things all tie and they all go hand in hand like a big uh, jigsaw puzzle. So fascinated to see how those hires uh, play out here over over the next few weeks. Um, Jordan, the other part of this is you, you did get that that uh, uh, talk with with Les Snead, which is always <laughs> which is always a, a fun adventure. You never you never know what uh, which direction those are going to go in. But um, Les is is so good in those uh, be, because he's he articulates uh, what's on his mind and and what he's thinking and and I think um, my biggest takeaway from that and and this is a if, if anybody missed it it's a story that's on the athletic app and website so you can go check out Jordan's uh, observations or breakdown of everything that that took place there. My takeaway, Jordan, uh, is less talking about being open to pretty much anything when it comes to how this roster might look, which somebody from the outside might look and say, well, of course he is like the one, like that's his job is to be open to everything. But 
What did you think about that when you heard that? Because that's one of those Rorschach tests. Like that can mean pretty much anything to anybody, depending on how they look at it. So unless Sneed sits there and says, you know, we're open to anything, or he he talks about using those words that start with R-E that can be either exciting or scary. When that first hits your ears from from his mouth, what what was it that that came to mind for you? Or what was your takeaway from that? Yeah, I think we can file this under useless skill sets that will never be good for me to use in any other field, but right. this specific, very specific and niche job. And that is translating less need. Yes. And, it's a very important job, yeah. but a very narrow job also. Yes. Yeah. It's like, well, this will not apply in any other facet of my life ever for as long as I am lucky enough to be on this planet or any other planet <laughs> um, as less so often is. So I think like, when I hear that, I just think, I don't think about a rebuild, the word rebuild. Cause I know when you, when you're a team and you're like, well, we're open to anything like that genuine, that generally comes from general managers who are like full of this hopeful optimism that, um, like they can start building something from the ground up when Les says it, it's really important because it's almost a threat. Like in the mm. sense that he's like, I'm a winding up Looney Tunes style, my fist <laughs> and about to punch, you know, right. like they do. And right. so, and I'm like, that kind of, to me is like what, what I've been sort of talking about with you, Rich, this entire season, really. And as soon as the Rams started to really kind of go off a cliff thinking to myself, well, what does it mean this off season? Where are they really at and how will they assess where they're really at? And there's always disagreement, functional disagreement, I think in, in the building about like who, who, like what a window is, whether a window should even be the word that's used, um, who decides it, what's it built around. And I think like they know that there are a few ways that they can go based on the core that they have, whether they can, whether they keep that core intact. And I think they know that there are a few ways to, that they can go if they don't want to keep that core uh, intact, but in ways that will still keep them in a, what I believe that many in that building believe is to be still a contention window. A lot of that too is Aaron Donald um, coming back and sort of being public about after scaring people on Twitter for like half a second. Like, <laughs> And it's a real question. So it's like, I get why right. people freak about it because it's like a real question after he broached the retirement conversation last year. And I, I totally get that. But like, it's so him saying that he's going to come back and all that. If you have him you know, the Aaron Donald contention window exists as one thing. If you don't have him, you're starting to ask big questions about like whether or not you blow things up with Sean, everything he went through this, this off season, you're asking big questions about how, how long are you sure you have this guy? You're sure you have him through 2023. You know that your core is aging out. Do you have one more year of this core playing in the prime right on the edge of falling off to the other side? Um, and, and to me, if I'm looking at this very clear eyed to me, the answer is yes, you have 2023 to make something happen. So when he right. says all things are on the table, I think about things like when they were, they did a retool in 2019. And I've re reiterated this too, because it makes a lot of their trade attempts this season make sense. They set the, they set the pattern out already, mm. um, in 2019 when they went and, traded a huge pick haul away for Jalen Ramsey, 
who they not only were bringing in because he's a premier player at a premier position, but also because they knew they were going to rebuild their entire defense, including their scheme around what he can do best in coordination with Aaron Donald. And so when you're looking at that, that was technically a remodel, the word Les likes to use, especially, and it was a huge one because of what the effects were on that side of the ball. And then two years, it sort of set the table for where they went next, which two years later was winning a Super Bowl. And so um, I don't, I think that they are looking at this now, this is my opinion and, you know, an educated opinion. You're looking at this now, like you do have a set of potential moves available to you if you do want to push um, and you do have capital available to you. If you do want to push for 2023, the Brian Burns trade to me was an example or to trade attempt, for example, was a great, uh, predictor of this because that was super similar to the Jalen Ramsey trade, except it didn't work out for Brian Burns in that you wanted to bring in a player who would not only help set the table in the short term and make you ultra competitive at a certain spot in the short term that quantify can quantify into wins and losses in the short term. Um, And then you also, on the other side, when you do decide you need to quote unquote rebuild fully, you have a player who you can then build around more quickly because you already have a set of elite traits in a premier and game affecting position. So that's kind of what those two I'd compare them to, but now you're also looking at a core of players who are contractually intact um, and you sort of are looking at, um, you know, you you still have the potential of acquiring capital even as you're moving capital out um, because right. you have that core of such premier elite players at premier elite positions. So when he says all, every everything is open or all of all is on the table for us, all things are on the table for us. To me, it looks like they're not thinking about. Um, you know, what happens if we have to, you know, if we build from the ground up, they're looking at how can we basically acquire both acquire and how can we acquire assets that will help us in the short term and the long term? And what will it take to acquire those assets that will help us in the short term punch really, really hard in 2023 and will still help us in the long term, 2024, 2025, 2026. And he even, I mean, Les will always give you the blueprint if you re- know what what lines to read between. That's what he's, he's, he's under contract through 2026. Those were the right. years that he, that right. he used in terms of like, almost literally that exact same statement. How can you look at what will help you now and also what will help you in 2024, 2025, 2026. So that's what the parsing that that's what that means to me. I didn't take it as a, um, as a sort of a, well, I guess here's where we're at. And instead now I take it as like a threat, like a wind up almost of some crazy stuff that I've been saying, like, it feels like you don't know what it is, but you know, like there's just yeah. things, things are in the works. Like you don't, you don't know. And yeah. there's a lot of ways that they can go. And I'm not even going to get into like speculation or anything like that. Cause it's annoying, but like, there are so many things that there are so many ways that they're a lot more flexible than I think pundits on the outside want to think that they are in part because the less need factor is that, he gives no Fs about like if there's a move that gives them multiple flexibility and asset acquisition and, and, you know, roster boost, 
like he's going to make that move. So I, right. I think, you know, you don't really, you don't really factor in emotion with him. You didn't, you didn't last year. I mean, it was hard for him to trade Robert Woods. He, you know, he still talks about it. It was hard, but right. it didn't stop. It didn't stop him. And I'm right. not saying that like, that's similar to what's going to happen here. Like I said, I'm not getting into speculation, but right. like, when he says all things are on the table, like he really freaking means <laughs> all things, all things are on the table. Yeah, we we are in the if this if this were the horror movie, we would be hearing the first note of that ominous music, like the the first uh, the first couple piano notes or whatever that make you go, uh oh, something's coming. I don't know what it is yet, but but I know it's going to be thrilling. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I think part of the problem here is we get we get a little tied to these terms, like people use the term rebuild or retool or remodel or whatever, and you start to come up with an image in your head of of what that means. And I I think the 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 lesson of less need is that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't come up with some preconceived idea of what that means because he's not working within that world he's he's his his brain is the, the galaxy brain is is all over the place you can't even uh probably conceptualize everything that's going on there so that i think that's where i would uh just kind of caution people very interesting comments by the way and very interesting to hear him uh, talk like that but but it's not even necessarily like they're going to pivot toward oh it's a rebuild so we're going to trade some of our players uh, there's a scenario and again this is just me talking it's not specific to any player or even specific to the rams but you can trade one of your top players and still be going for it it doesn't mean that you're backing off or saying oh we're not trying to win in 2023 this is about the next couple of years it's it's about using your assets and if you think the best way to use your asset is to move that player and bring in a, a different kind of haul and and emphasize a different position or whatever it may be like it doesn't mean you're backing off it doesn't mean you're rebuilding it doesn't mean you're not trying to win it's just you're you're trying to change the calculus here and say how can we attack in a little bit of a different way in terms of of building this roster um so that's why i think uh, that's how i'm reading it jordan and please you know interrupt me if i'm if i'm if I'm wrong here, but I, I don't see it as, oh, we're, we're picking a new lane or we're going to pivot toward this strategy or that strategy. I don't I don't think it's changed. I think there's still full steam ahead trying to win. It's just do we need to look at different ways of what that means, different strategies, different moves that uh, that maybe will accomplish that goal? I don't know that that's just how I look at it. Do you, do you think that's roughly in line? Yeah, I don't think anyone in that building thinks that the roster, if it were healthy, wouldn't have been competitive this year. But you're you're kind of looking at that in a vacuum, the injuries in a vacuum, and now you're looking and saying, okay, well, how can they be better than what they would have been last year minus the injuries? And, and some of that, it's going to mean uh, increasing quality of depth in certain spots. It's going to mean getting another elite pass rusher, like I've been saying, forever yes. and ever and ever and yeah. ever. Oh my gosh. Uh, that will be something that stays. <laughs> you write that on my tombstone. Um, so it, whether it's, it's upgrading some of the the quality that they have in certain spots. And a lot of that, because of their roster is so top heavy with that core, it's upgrading depth positions and you can do that type of maneuvering. They did a lot of that type of maneuvering. I think people forget in the off season leading up to uh, 2021, one of the big things was that signing of Sony Michelle as like that steady back. Um, you know, they had some injuries and then they sort of were tweaking and manipulating in different ways. Um, and I think that you're looking at that, but you're also looking at 
um, you know, where do you add in premier spots or how do you maneuver in premier spots to uh, not be places where you think you can be better, whether that's, you know, a schematic upgrade and, and scheme helping out a player, helping a player thrive, maybe more so than they were prepared to do this last offseason. Um, you yeah. look at like the run game and the pass, some of the elements of the passing game in that regard. And sometimes it might mean that they're making wholesale acquisitions or making moves. The thing is, is like the ethos of this group is that it will not stand still. Right. And, um, you know, they didn't necessarily stand, they didn't stand still at all this past off season, but I do think they learned a lot of valuable lessons about, um, you know, some of the pivots that you take and then some of the substance you need to put behind uh, some of the moves that you make in terms of um, it's not just about acquiring the player. It's about making sure that there's a cohesive vision put into action for that player, which again was why they were so successful in part with that Jalen Ramsey trade, not just because he is an elite player, um, which he is, but it's also because the vision matched the move, the vision for not just the capital um, but also the vision for the scheme change, it matched the move itself. So I think that's what you're looking at here. Yeah, that, it's it's a fascinating. I mean, you you've you've been the preeminent expert in in this team and this organization and roster building. But it's not. It's it's the one thing you can say about it, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. It's never static. You can you can never accuse them of sitting and being behind the curve. You can criticize them. You can say they made wrong moves. You can say they picked the wrong lane or whatever. But you can't accuse them of being static. You can't accuse them of of being flat footed. There's absolutely no way that anybody could say that. So my takeaway is, you know, hold <laughs> hold on to your hats, so to speak, because you never know what's going to be next. It seems like every year it's something different right i mean it's it's the blockbuster trade or it's you know signing bobby wagner or you know, they've they've attacked this in so many different ways over the last few years and it sounds to me like they're not done they're they're not done trying to find ways to attack this thing maybe it'll work maybe it won't i don't know but uh it's it's one of the fascinating things about being around this organization is that they are constantly constantly picking at those threads and seeing where it leads them and and uh, you know what might happen next so uh I, I, one one thing i know is i will never i will never know peace while covering this team <laughs> but it is okay because i am not by nature a person who <laughs> seeks out peace seeks out peace <laughs> so, when you're... my, my game when i'm watching other, other yes, teams yes. Play, i'm like wow <laughs> I wonder how calm it is around that organization every day. Right, like, do we think right. everyone just is like happy all the time? Like, is it just <laughs> is it is everything just smooth and and there's no spikes in the in the Richter in the right, Richter scale yeah. there? Right. Like, what's it like to be around the Chiefs? Like, it just must, must be so calm. There's there's <laughs> stability every year, and yeah, I, I don't know. But but then we wouldn't get the amazing stories that we get from you, Jordan. So, um, I I don't think I would trade that. Um, to, that that make that trade off because uh we don't we don't uh the, the quality that we get is is extraordinary let's put it that way so um so here we go i mean there's there's a little bit of of downtime here i mean we we talked about uh, the coaching situation uh those interviews are going to have to take place teams are going to start making their decisions finalizing those dominoes tend to fall into place jordan one thing that you also mentioned in your column uh, the rams still go through the process of sitting down with these players and having individual meetings uh that may take place i'm guessing over the course of a of a few weeks i mean some guys 
go on vacation right away. Some guys are hanging around. So I, I would imagine that they're probably going to be in that process now and, and going a, a little bit forward. And then, of course, the combine right around the corner and they have to start making decisions on on uh, guys they might bring back or do they want to restructure some contracts? Uh, there, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, of moving pieces here, Jordan, but what, what do you think the next domino is here? Do you think it's probably that offensive coordinator uh, position that that's going to be the first step? I guess, unless somebody were to hire uh, a Raheem Morris, maybe that would change the calculus a little bit, but offensive coordinator probably. Well, I think they won't, probably make anything official uh, they won't probably do any sort of official announcement i think you're like just going to be waiting for all of that to come out at once stuff right. will leak of course like i think that that's reasonable to say but like my understanding is that the priorities i mean they don't really know what's going to happen with raheem morris the stuff in indy for him has been going well so they're really kind of in a holding pattern there um but in terms of um and, and also with with thomas brown and uh zach robinson both of whom Thomas Brown has had, had uh, head coaching interviews and OC interviews. And Zach Robinson's been requested for a couple of OC interviews. Um, so like they don't, they're kind of like in a great, in a holding pattern with that type of situation. But in terms of what their priorities are, in my understanding, the priorities of the known of the known openings are, um, right. you know, getting an OC in place and then the offensive line coach. So um, yeah, you never know, could have news sooner rather than later. Uh, those things are happening uh pretty much as we speak so um <laughs> duck swimming on the pond you know yes feet, exactly pedaling furiously underwater <laughs> <laughs> should be the new logo of our 11 personnel if we ever decide to change it uh that, that's what it should be so uh jordan great stuff as always uh thank you for uh being on top of all of that for us of course you can follow along on twitter at jordan rodrigue um we're going to try, I even hate to say this out loud, Jordan, because I feel like I'm going to jinx you. We're going to try to give Jordan a little bit of downtime, so uh, we might not uh, hear from her next week, And but uh, there might be stuff to talk about. Well, maybe we'll find somebody else to come on and uh, and uh, chat with me, but uh, I'm going to cross my fingers, Jordan, that, that we are able to give you uh, at least a couple days of, of rest, but uh, but really, folks, uh, you know, great coverage that's already on The Athletic, breaking down this stuff, whether it be rosters, coaching staff. Um, look, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I know I'm biased. I don't think you're going to find anything better uh, than than what we have to offer at The Athletic. And I think that's been consistent for a long time. I know what Jordan's working on, too. She gives me little hints sometimes. And uh, I'm like bursting to tell you guys like like what's <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm not going to, Jordan. So don't don't freak out. But uh, but I know what what uh, what Jordan's mind is working on right now. And I'm excited on behalf of everybody. So thank you again to all of our subscribers. I know you're going to look forward to uh, seeing what what Jordan's working on this offseason. It's going to be awesome. And if you're not already on board, I understand. You know, now we're through the holidays. You've had a chance to kind of reconfigure your finances a little bit, see what you've got. And I've got some great news for you because right now you can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel sign up get a whole year of Jordan's awesome coverage and you'll make her happy because you'll get her favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount, you guys, every single time. Rich is right. They keep letting us do this. Don't know how, but here we are. Every single time you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. Um, I maybe won't 
see you guys next week rich will be here holding it down like a champ um but if uh we'll see what happens and kind of how the the rest of the week matriculates here (laughs) um as things often change suddenly in this in this world um but uh i'll definitely be back in the fold soon and um in the meantime i hope you guys are taking care of each other and taking care of yourselves hope you're staying hydrated and caffeinated we'll catch you next time